So I got a question for you, bro. What's up? I was on vacation and I was taking a really, really good shit. Mm-hmm. And while I was sitting there pondering my life, this As question. You do. Yeah. This question came to mind that I wanted to ask you. When you're sitting on the toilet for too long, which leg falls asleep first? The right or the left? Mm, probably my right. So does mine. We might have the same nerve being pinched in our back, or maybe we were just both right-handed and we wipe the same. Could be both. Happy recording day. Happy recording day. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. Yeah, man, the weird thing for me is I can't feel my right shin. <clears throat> it's like permanently numb. Really? So like I can feel like pressure. It's kind of like when you like if you sit crisscross applesauce and then your foot mm-hmm. falls asleep and then it feels tingly. And then right after and right before you get the feeling back, it's just kind of like a it's just numb and like dead weight. Yeah. That's what my shin feels like Mm. every day. Oh, even when you're not sitting on the throne. Oh yeah. Just regardless. Oh wow. That's not good. No permanent nerves damage is never good. (laughs) Well, so I've got this thing where, I don't care what bed I'm sleeping in, my own or somebody else's. The um, my right leg always goes. It 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 wants to go numb. It's sitting there, just kind of like uh, tingling, like it's falling asleep, mm-hmm. but never really fully falls asleep. And um, I'm at the point now, man, where I'm sleeping with a pillow between my legs, between my, between my knees, just yeah. to kind of keep them off each other because it's like the only thing that's giving me relief. And I don't know, maybe I just need to lose another 30 pounds. <laughs> that might help. Uh, I'm sure that would help. And it's something that I want to do, but good God almighty, dude, this is like... I keep feeling like there's something going on in my back that's just, there's a nerve that's being pinched where my right side is just, keeps falling asleep on me. So, and it doesn't matter. I do lunges. I do squats. I work out. Like, 
I'm supposed to. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a big dude. I don't want to fucking die of heart failure because of inactivity. But still, man, these damn legs of mine are, I think it's just I'm getting old. Like last week, I don't, I don't know what I was, I think I was just sitting down watching TV, drinking water. Wow. And then all of a sudden I had a sharp pain go through my thumb. Just out of the blue, out of nowhere. Yep. And I'm like, what is that? This stupid bullshit that's like happening to my body. Like, what is that? Like, my hands are more wrinkled than I've ever seen them before. And I'm just noticing this slight change in my knuckles and shit like that. Yeah, the other day I was just standing up. I think I was getting water from the fridge. Oh, speaking of which, I figured out how to change our water pressure. So when you, you know, push the little tongue and water comes out, it's not like. Oh, yeah, baby, you push that tongue. It's not like raging and splashing everywhere. It's just kind of like a normal flow. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember that when you were here? Oh, all too well. Yeah. I mean, that Joker came out like you wanted it. (laughs) (laughs) No, stop. Can't see. So, yeah, no one cares but me and maybe you, but I'm excited. But yeah, I was standing there getting some water the other day and my right leg, there was just this nerve pain that shot down the left side and into my ankle. And it was one of those where you feel it, you like, your body just moves and kicks and is like, whoa, hey. Yeah, where did that but it like. From? It hurt at the same time, and then it was gone. Yeah. Hmm. I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been getting that. I, I, shit like that. You know, I, I try to squat every other day. I don't do it every day because I'm doing it with the bar and, and with weights on the bar, you know. So I'm going like every other day doing squats, lifting heavy squats. And then after I build up so much weight, I have to take a break because my neck all of a sudden wants to just lock up on me and I just can't turn to the left. And I'm like, I, I still like have to the right. <laughs> I feel like One I'm hop too young this for time. this. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> Two hops this time. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I'm too young for this shit, but uh, evidently I'm not. Like, So I, I've got buddies of mine that that no longer do squats with the bar over their shoulders. They're in their 40s, and they're like, yeah, I just can't do it anymore. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to give it up yet. I'm like, dude, you do so much better with just doing lunges with heavy weights. You get the same results. You, you don't have to squat. With the bar, well, can the you set up with your gym? Does it have an option where you can, like, you know, you do the lay thing and then you push up with your legs, kind of thing? No, it's just all free weights. It's not a machine. So, yeah, I yeah, I got the bar uh, or I got dumbbells, and so what I've been introducing to my workout regimen is kettlebells, 
And that's a great workout for, you know, your legs and your back and your shoulders and all of that. It's a, it's almost just as complex of a movement as a squat and getting just the same results. But I don't have, uh, like the, I've got one kettlebell is only 15 pounds. So you rep out on it, you get a really good workout, but it's not really heavy. I like being able to put, you know, big 45s on the squat bar and just squat it out and just muscle it out. And, um, and I can't, I, I think I'm at the point now where I can no longer squat with the bar on my neck. I need to do other things that'll get me the same results. So do more deadlifts and more kettlebells and less squats because my neck locks up so much that it just, it takes me out for a week and I can't lift anything. I just, fuck man, I'm getting older and I need to just realize it and accept it. And what what got me thinking about it really hard was that I was talking to Micah. He's playing wide receiver now for his school. And he's also playing some corner on defense every now and then. And he's saying that he's squatting. The, you know, the trainer's got him squatting. And, uh, you know, he's got like 15 on each side, which is nice, like 75 pounds. And, uh, and he's building up some muscle. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, like there's nothing more conventional and more like vital to your workout lifestyle than squats over the back, just old school squats, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger did it. <coughs> yeah. Get and down. About, uh, <laughs> get down. Get back up. Get down again. <laughs> <laughs> more. More. You got it. One more. Get to yeah, the chopper. So I'm done, dude. I can't do it anymore. I I can't squat anymore. I mean, I can squat like light with just like the bar and maybe 135. But doing more than that, I think I just need to stop it completely. I don't think I can ever do more than 135 again on the squat. I just have to stop. It's killing my neck. It's killing my shoulders. And I'm I'm just, the recovery time alone is a bitch. So, yeah. Sucks. I didn't want to start off talking about that, but it was on my heart. I had to get it off. You good now? You get it off? (sighs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, in other news, what's what's going on in in your life? Fall is all but here, and I am loving it. Yeah. Alexa. Dude, we, uh, what's the first day of fall? Yeah, September 22nd. That's what I thought. 11 days from this podcast. Yeah, we'll see. 10 when it airs. Okay, watch some mm-hmm. football today. My bulldogs yeah, shattered 
An unranked team. Yes. Fun nonetheless. Um, Let's see. What did we do? Tonight we grilled out some chicken drumsticks. Mm. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm. I did two different rubs. Ugh. Some char on there. Good lord. <laughs> I'll let you have that rub. Good, man. I'm I'm pretty sure I snapped you. Nope. Oh, that's weird. It is weird. Well, I'm pretty sure you should check your snaps when you get a chance. Will do. Either that or someone else got it and they're like, okay, cool. Just don't care. <laughs> I would have responded. You know, I, I, I mean, that's my, that's my love right there. Barbecue, man. Smoking meats. I definitely would have responded if I saw it. Oh, the char on them. Mm. Good loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, dude. Just I'm enjoying. Licks. Uh, we did six. Nice. And then we kept the other. I found a a nice big pack on sale at Sam's. Yeah. But something we've done a couple times is we'll do the whole pack. Mm -hmm. And then we'll shove them in the fridge and eat like two or three. And then the rest we end up throwing out. Oh, no. So it's like. Mm -mm. Because, you know, these are not like the small little drumsticks. Oh, you're talking big legs. Yeah, like three of them filled me up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, big, yeah, big, so big thighs, uh, big thighs save lives. I think that's the way it goes, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, we save the others so we can do something with them later. Oof! Haven't grilled out in a minute. You could always freeze them though, bro. Right? Well, I got another pack in the freezer. <laughs> I told yeah. you they were on sale, bro. Mm-hmm. Got that deep freeze. I'd be hoarding meat now. <laughs> I did the same thing today, actually. Uh, I didn't put it on Snapchat or on Instagram. I just uh, just did it for basically me. I'm the only one that's eating it, but I went to Kroger today. We just got back in town, right? So we needed to go grocery shopping. So... I went shopping today, and um, Heritage Farms, the uh, the thighs were on sale for like a, a dollar and some change per pound. And so I got, you know, three packs of chicken thighs. I froze two of the packs, and I smoked one of them today. And there was ten thighs in one pack. And so... I threw in some hickory. I used the Vortex. Did you use the Vortex today? No, I used the little mini grill. Uh, and okay. I threw oh, in you, like yeah, one chunk of applewood. Okay. So you didn't smoke them. You, you grilled them. You barbecued them to red yeah. heat. Yeah. So I smoked my thighs today using the Vortex and some hickory. And oh boy, they just came out fucking phenomenal. But I only had one. <laughs> and the other nine are just sitting in the fridge. But I also, after I got done smoking that, that chicken, I was thinking, you know, 
the wife and the kid were going to eat some of it. They didn't touch it. So I made brats. I grilled brats. I took out the vortex, threw in a bunch more charcoal, then grilled the brats and, uh, and five chicken breasts, and they ate that today. So I'm not going to touch the breast. I'm all about that juicy thigh. So, and the brats. I did have two and a half brats today. So, hot Rinaldi brats. Nice dark red color from all the spices in it. Oh, amazing. Lost me. Lost you. Yeah, dude, I'm a baby when it comes to spice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. It's not that hot. It's just too hot for Max. It so then too it's hot too hot for, hot for me. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no. So only five of them were hot. The other five were Motor City blend, uh, which I still, for the life of me, don't know what it is. But... Uh, they're good. They taste good. So <clears throat> nice. Yeah. I've been watching all these cooking channels, man. And just like jotting down recipes. Mm-hmm. Stuff I want to try. Like we got some scallops today. Nice. I've never cooked scallops. So. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Oh, that sounds good. I know. I can't wait to do it. I've had I've them. Never cooked I've just them never cooked them. Yeah, I've never cooked scallops either. So I'd be interested to see what you do and how it turns out. That'd be very cool. They're about oh, an inch thick, two inches thick. They're pretty big or? Uh, about an inch and a half, yeah. inch and three quarter, yeah. Yeah. So with that, man, it's it's when they cook it just right, you know, it's just a little warm in the middle, but seared on the outside. Oh, well, everything I've seen on cooking them, you pretty much just sear them. You don't like cook them. I mean, it takes yeah. like maybe four minutes. Yeah. Two minutes, know. two minutes aside. Yeah. Sure. Oh, money. But it also depends on, like, what you're cooking it in or with, so. It's got to be both. <clears throat> Is there any other choice? Uh, Yeah, dude. There's some crazy yeah. stuff out there. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, my God, I could smell it. Mm. I feel like I wish I had a scratch, like a scratch and sniff television. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That ain't bad, man. That ain't bad at all. We still have shrimp from the last little shrimp pasta that I made about a month ago. So I'm going to make that dish again. Some shrimp and pasta and broccoli and uh, garlic, onions. Mm. I've also been messing around with crock potting. Uh, yep. Pork loin. 
Nice. So you butterfly it and then you stuff it and then you tie it and you throw in like veggies, maybe some little potatoes, whatever you want, you know, mm. just cook it for four hours. Oh, money. Juicy. Yeah. But that anyway, ain't bad, bro. That ain't bad at all. I want to talk about food all night. Oh, dude, all night long I can go. Um, so uh, we had one hell of a vacation. Good. Went up to, we started off. So I got this deal at Boeing Highland Resorts. At least I thought it was Boeing Highland Resorts. So we drop off Micah on Sunday. And we started heading up 131 to get up to Boeing Highland Resorts. So we pass Boeing City. And initially I had, you know, I booked a bunch of stuff around Boeing City. You know, Boeing Mountain Resort. But the confirmation email came back from Boeing Highlands. And so I like I looked at my confirmation email. Here's our king suite with a jacuzzi and blah, blah, blah. And our, you know, I booked the wife a a little prenatal massage. So, you know, the next day we'd get up, me and Max go to the water park. She'd get her massage. We'd all have some fun, meet back up, hit a couple breweries, go home. So I go up, I pass Boeing Mountain Resort. Because the confirmation email had the address on there for Highlands. So I went up there to Highlands. And uh, it was like an extra hour past Boeing Mountain. And I didn't tell her where we were going. So we get up there and she's just like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. She's smitten. You know, with the <laughs> whole deal. So we're driving through, going past this golf course and go up to the registration. Or the check-in. And I walk in and it says, uh, get a reservation for Heinz. Blah, blah, blah. Give her my information. And she says, uh, she's like, wow, you got a pretty good uh, couple days here planned. I said, yeah. She's like, I see the wife's uh, prenatal massage. Congratulations on the baby. Thank you. She said, unfortunately, um, you're at the wrong resort. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. She's like, no. She's like, uh, you're actually scheduled for Boeing Mountain Resort, not Boeing Highlands Resort. She's like, uh, you passed it on the way up here about 45 minutes ago. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I pull out my email and I said, look, here's the email. It says Boeing Highlands. And she said, yeah, I... Sorry, we book everything for both resorts. And so that's why the confirmation came from us. But you're actually at the Boyne Mountain Resort. She said, believe me, I will love to steal you and have you be at our resort. But you're booked at the other resort. She said, if you want, you can stay here and I'll give you just as good of a room. Won't charge you anything at all. You can stay here. But the, you know the spa treatment that you have for your wife is 45 minutes down the road. And I was like, all right, fine. Give me the address. I finally, you know, I'm like, my wife is going to kill me. 
<laughs> like my kids in the back seat. He's restless. He slept for a half an hour. We were on the road for damn near eight hours. He only slept a half hour. And um, so the whole trip just started off with a nightmare. Like it's raining. Like we're going in and out of storms heading up there. It was just a bitch. So I get back in the truck and I'm like, babe, I'm sorry. This is not our resort. We passed our resort. And I explained to her the whole thing and she was really cool about it. She was like, all right, no big deal. You know, we're still having a good time. still going to be nice. And like I'm driving, you know, 15 minutes and I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. I can't believe I did it. You know, I'm going off. I'm just going off. And she's like, babe, relax. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, you know, for me, I'm just like, okay, if it's starting off with me, you know, being stupid, it might end with me being stupid too. So anyway, we get down to the place that we're supposed to stay at. And it was so nice, you know, two story King suite, King suite with an outdoor patio, everything. It was really nice. She got her massage. It fucking rained for four days straight. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't go to the pool. Like, it was just nothing we could do. (laughs) We got rained out of everything that I wanted to do. So, but, you know, she took it in stride. Max, wonderful two-year-old, was out of his element. He wouldn't sleep. He was waking up at 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, just like talking. Da, 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 mama, mama, just yelling and screaming. It was so much craziness, dude. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was a mess. But we hit up a bunch of breweries. I checked in a shit ton of beers that I've never had before. It was really nice. Um, Which I don't know if you tagged me, but <clears throat> I, didn't, I went tonight. I didn't tag you in any of them. Okay. I tried to open the app tonight, and I haven't been logged in. Yeah. Dude, and we, I forgot um, my password, and then I had to reset the password, and then I was course. getting pissed because I didn't write no, down the first password. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah, that happened to me a couple weeks ago after the last update that I did. Um, it was some cool stuff, man. We we went on a chairlift, so apparently this resort is really a ski resort, and um, obviously there was no snow summertime, so. But we still went on the chairlift to go up to the top of the hill. Got a chance to see the mountains. It was very, you know, picturesque and and very beautiful. Um, It was a bunch of restaurants at the resort, you know. But because it was Labor Day, um, you know, half of the places that we wanted to go to were closed. And the ones that were open were actually extremely short-staffed. There was a wait for everywhere we had to go. First world problems, right? But 
they had drink specials galore and food was good. And it's just everywhere we went, we ended up having a good time. <laughs> Max had a blast throwing food all over the restaurant. And the people that were there were just so cool. Like, you know, hey, he's a baby. He's cute as fuck. He can throw food wherever he wants to throw food. <laughs> he was just restless the whole time. <laughs> uh and, uh, but we had so much fun. We met some very, very cool, nice people. It was a lot of fun. Most of the husbands and wives that we saw looked like they were cousins, but it was still a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anyway. It's 9-11. It is. Never forget. No. I don't know, man. I mean, there's so many shows and stuff that are 9-11 now. And I just... Some of it's interesting, and some of it's just like, I don't want to watch this. Like, I remember when it happened. I remember where I was. I remember school getting let out. I remember watching on TV. And then, you know, years later, it's like you're watching some of the same stuff and you're watching some new stuff and it's all the same though. And it's just like, God, such a sad time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One of the greatest things uh in our lifetime for sure oh hands down yeah most memorable events so you were in school i wasn't in school i was at my first full-time job (laughs) and we're not that far apart from each other right in age but i guess we're far enough yeah, I mean enough, but I yeah, know what you're saying. Far enough. I mean, I was in high school, so you're in high school. I was out of high school. I was at my first job working at a fucking shoe store. Uh, while I was in school full time, I was working at this shoe store full time too, and it was actually my second day of work. I had started that Monday. And so that Tuesday, my second day of work, I walk into the mall and uh, and all the TVs were on. And I, I was seeing the, the planes crash into the to the buildings. And uh, they were talking about the possibility that the malls were next. And so they were going to be closing the malls. It's my second day of work. Like we hadn't even opened yet, you know, because the mall opened at 10. And I was walking in around 9.30. And obviously the, you know, the plane number one and two, you know, both both towers had already been hit uh, by that point. So, uh, yeah, it was extremely traumatic. And I remember... Uh, as I'm approaching the store and 
you know, the gate was just kind of like halfway open. They didn't open the gate all the way. They were just setting up. So the manager was just setting up. And, um, yeah, I remember them saying like, yeah, there's a possibility the the mall's not going to be open today. Uh, because of this, they were targeting big, big spots. So they thought they were going to be targeting stuff like that. Dude, very, very traumatic. Very traumatic. I mean, it's just back then they were showing footage of the people jumping out of buildings. Like, because they couldn't get down low enough below the flames. So they were just like jumping out of jumping out of the windows and them showing the bodies just flying out. Extremely dramatic. And seeing the footage down on the ground with the uh, New York Fire Department. Just all the soot. And just like you couldn't see the sun. It's just all soot just everywhere. People just covered in ash. Absolutely amazing. I'll never forget that day. As long as I live, I'll never forget that. Yeah. I will say too, though, I mean, the resilience of our country is fucked up as we are. Shit happens and people come together, you know. Yeah. I mean, there for a while it didn't matter race or gender or. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. At the, at the time, right? I mean, you're talking 20 years ago at this point, the country came together like nothing else. Uh, there was a lot of unity because, uh, I guess in my mind, it's because we had a common enemy. At that point, right? And it's been a premise that's been in movies forever when it comes down to like aliens and shit like that. Like the debate has been, you know, the only way to to get people to be unified. You know, you know, not just talking just the country, but country to country, you know, worldwide to get people to to come together. You need a common enemy. So they stop pointing the finger at each other and stop looking at each other as the enemy. We all had a common enemy at that point. And it definitely is what launched us into Afghanistan and into the Middle East, right? Because they were painted as the enemy. And it really brought this huge division between Christian and Muslim nations. That crazy to think about like what it takes or what would it take for people to lay down our differences and come together? Like truly come together. And then like I don't want to say those differences don't really matter at the end of the day because a lot of times they do, but 
just you know that that kind of thinking of like why do we spend so much time not liking other people <laughs> and yeah. why is it that unless there's a a massive common adversary we can't put those down we can't put those aside yeah i don't know it's heartbreaking you know i mean because it, and and this gets into what we originally decided that we were going to talk about tonight that whole concept of grace like we were because of being born in sin from the christian point of view we're enemies of god you know paul uses the word enmity uh, in romans he says that we were all born with enmity between us and god and and that word translates hostility and um and, and it has its its the, the premise of the word hostility in this context is good versus evil. It is an understanding that God is exceedingly good and sin within us is exceedingly evil. And as a result, you have this hostility. You've got this yin and yang that is perpetually separated and constantly at war as a result. And we all have that within us where we've got this fight between good and evil. And it's something that we're always trying to overcome, uh, you know, in our behavior, in our mindsets and the way that we think and the way that we feel, there's always this constant push and pull if you will. I, I think it's just inbred in us. Inbred is the wrong word. I don't mean inbred. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say. It, it's, uh, it, it's in us. It's in our DNA. You know, this constant tug of war that's within us. Ingrained? Is that what you were thinking? Yes, thank you. Ingrained, not inbred. Ingrained. Thank you. What do you do with it, you know? Well, I think without it, we don't have the world and the life that we have, unfortunately. It's almost, you know, like drama. I mean, script good script writers, there's drama. There's, you know, it's not just everything's peaceful and awesome. And let's make a script. You know, that's not a good story. Good stories have the, there's peace and then there's war and then there's, you know, there's conflict and then there's death and then there's betrayal. And all the juicy shit, you know, which is why reality TV is one of the number one selling most watched things. I mean, sure. hell read the Bible. The Bible is one massive reality TV <laughs> sitcom story, whatever, you know? Yeah. 
peace and war and drama and sex and violence and betrayal and <clears throat> I mean it's it's yeah. kind of funny that like oh we all want world peace do we do we really want world peace world that peace be might boring. be the most boring thing ever yeah very boring at least for us yeah because as a christian or a christ follower you believe that heaven paradise whatever's beyond this life that we know and we leave our bodies and our soul goes to some magical heaven that supposedly is going to be paradise heaven but yeah i don't know could heaven have some of its own little drama who knows well it obviously did in the beginning right or at some point before the beginning Right, so before time was established on this earth, we understand from the Bible that there was a conflict amongst the angels, Lucifer being the the catalyst with his jealousy of God, given the position that he was granted. His jealousy, you know, uh, that he should be able to be like God and and be able to receive worship instead of give it as much as he was giving it. Sure. Kind of interesting to, to think about, isn't it? it? It is. It's very interesting to think about because it's like, well, how fucked up is that situation? That God <laughs> in his perfect moral purity created this being that was not perfect subject to him with the ability to desire the very thing that he was receiving from him it's kind of fucked up like that's a good question to ask when you get there right like why in the world would you create this being you created this being the most powerful uh, engine of worship for yourself you set this one angel of worship above all the other angels that you created because you you wanted a perfect sound out of him but you also created him with a measure of free will or free decision making or thinking ability to also um, betray you to be jealous of you to want what you've created in him to give to yourself you've given him the ability to want that for himself and that's a whole rabbit hole by itself, right? Oh, yeah. But that's it. I mean, that right there is why there will never be world peace. It's because, and this is just me. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. What the hell do I know? But 
that thing that is inside us that says, I'm right. You're wrong. Fuck you for thinking that. <laughs> and then the other person who feels the same way about themselves. Sure. Is saying that on the opposite end. I don't know. And then, you know. So then we have our Savior, Jesus Christ, who was perfect in every way. And yet he gave grace to people. And he did not make himself to be much of or boast about. Listen, you're going to hang me on this stupid fucking tree. And you're going to spit in my face. Do you know who I am? Do you know the power that lives inside of me right now? And then to be like, yeah, why am I doing this? <laughs> he didn't do that. He showed humility and grace. <clears throat> why? Yeah. And then why are we asked now as Christ followers to do the same? When by our very created nature, we desire nothing else except what self wants. And we're all a bunch of those people running around thinking about self. So what is this whole thing with grace anyway? Why do I need to see, listen to even this thinking? Why do I need to show grace to someone else? <laughs> all sure, about right. me. Yeah, that very concept is anti-grace. But, you know, so, so the law came by Moses, grace and truth by Jesus Christ, right? So uh, that's what John tells us. We, we see the, the grace that comes from, from God through Jesus Christ is, by definition, unmerited. It's, it's, it's not a reward system. It's not based on our behavior or our ability to perform. Uh, it is solely a direct result of the love, compassion, care, kindness, goodness of God. And, I, and you know, and, and to the previous point, I think it's a good... It's a good um, answer to the question of why would God create a being with the ability to worship him to the capacity that he desires to be worshipped, but also that same being have, having the capacity to not want to worship him. It's this concept of, I want you to love me, but I want you to choose to love me. So I'm going to give you everything that you need in order to love me fully. But I'm going to allow you the opportunity to choose to exercise all of the power that's within you to love me fully. I, I think in some weird fucked up kind of way. Because I just don't know any other way to say it. In some weird kind of way, 
that's still a reflection of the character of God and his personal security. He's so secure in himself um, that I'm going to give you the choice to love me or not, but I'm so good that you're going to love me anyway type of deal. That makes sense. I don't know if I said that right. I mean, it sounds arrogant, but I get what you're saying. It does sound arrogant, but that's okay because throughout the entirety of Scripture, we see majority of the things that God does, he does for his own praise. He does for his own glory. He does for his own worship. He does for the sake of his own name. You know, like we see these this pattern in scripture where he does things or doesn't do things for the sake of himself. So uh, I was watching a video today on YouTube, this guy, this famous soccer player who is now playing for an LA soccer team. And he says, uh, he says, uh, when he moved to LA, he said, L.A. is fortunate. Oh, oh, okay. So first thing he does is, I got to send you this short. This is like a little 30-second video. It's pretty awesome. He moves to L.A. He takes out an article in the L.A. Times, and he says, to Los Angeles, California, two, two words, you're welcome. Like, I'm here now. You're welcome. <laughs> this is what he was saying. Uh. In an interview, he says, uh, L.A. now has a God and a king because LeBron James is playing for, you know, the Lakers, L.A. Lakers. He's considered King James. He comes in and he says, L.A. now has a God and a king. And then LeBron James sees this guy comes in and uh, he sends him a jersey just out of respect, like, yeah, I'm the king of L.A. I'm going to go ahead and send you a jersey. This guy, this soccer player, what he does is he signs the jersey and sends it back to LeBron James. <laughs> and like this ultimate fuck you. Like, um, and then in an interview, he says, uh, uh, he's asked, who are the, who would you say are the two greatest players in in soccer and why he says one guy he says he's exceptionally good no he he's awesome he's one of the best players ever and then for the second guy he's really good because of this and the interviewer says well why didn't you put yourself as one of the top two and his response was a lion doesn't compare himself to man <laughs> like this guy's Damn. like I'm the shit. I don't care what you say. I'm the shit. I kind of see God the same way. Like, like I don't have to make any excuses for what I do because I am good. I am the epitome of good. I am the essence of goodness. And so therefore, like what he said to Job, when Job was complaining about all the shit that was happening and lost his wives and his children and land and cattle, all the stuff that made him rich and wealthy. 
all the stuff that he worked for, he lost it all. And he was complaining to God, and God said, where were you when I spoke the world into being? Where were you when I put the sun where it rests? Where were you when I separated the water from the land? You weren't there. You don't know. Shut the fuck up. That type of deal, that arrogance is there, uh, or at least what we would call arrogance. But I think from God's point of view, it's like this soccer player. It's like, why would a lion ever compare itself to a man? There is no comparison. Why would a God compare himself to a king? There is no comparison. You're not giving me a favor by throwing me a jersey. I'll sign the jersey and send it back to you because compared to me, you're nothing. I can snap my finger and then you cease to exist. Everything that I've created ceases to exist and I can start over from scratch. I have no insecurities. And for a God like that to offer us grace, which is unmerited favor, it's, it's a, a nod that we don't deserve, that we cannot earn, that there's nothing we could ever do to deserve it at all whatsoever. And then turn around and say, because I've given it to you, you should give it to other people. There's, there's something missing in the equation. And I think that variable is our inability to understand the value, the value that he places on us based on himself. Word. I know that's deep and it, it will take a whole lot of uh, pondering and meditating that in order to make it make sense. But in all sincerity, our ability to grant grace to other people has to be from God's will of grace that he gives to us. Like the fact is, is that we don't have the capacity in and of ourselves. It's not an ability that we uh, that we have necessarily inherited on our own. It's not something that's biological for us to be able to do. And I think that's why the conflicts that we have in this world persist the way that they do. There are many Christians out there that are hating Muslims still because of 9-11 and shit like that has happened over the years. Over the past 20 years, there have been so many people that have been killed by Name the terrorist group that are all doing this in the name of their God, Allah. Our inability to grant grace to them, we got honest. It's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to grant grace to someone who's fucked you over and done you wrong. But it is exactly what God is doing with us every single day. The grace that saves us is a grace that is persistent beyond our ability to fuck him over. And by fuck him over, I mean sin. 
Well, I think that's an interesting part of <clears throat> the story of Christ in that he, I mean, the whole, the whole thing, he came to fulfill the law and give another way for salvation and therefore communing between our creator with the hope of eternity also, but not the focus. And part, I think, of salvation here on earth for Christians, for those who follow Christ and accept him or accept his son, you know, I think, so the interesting part to me is the Old Testament ways, the the law, the 613 or 32 or whatever it is laws that we can't, we could not, we can't live up to that. And then we'd have to give sacrifices. And there was, there was a continual, you know, ebb and flow of our inability to slaughter enough animals to make amends for <laughs> our sins. And then sure. here you have Christ come along and he, he fulfills the law and gives this other way of like, yeah, it's not about you trying to make amends for your sin and your guilt and your not niceness towards God, you know? Right. Now there's this new way of thinking, which was why it was so revolutionary and still why, I mean, Jewish people don't succumb to this, you know? Um, which I'm not hating on Jews. I'm just saying that's how it is. Um, it's no longer about what I have to do to to gain grace from God and to be called his chosen, be grafted in, if you will. There is one thing, and then that's it. And from there, the story of grace lives on, I think. And listen, we're, that doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we're not shitty people still. <clears throat> but hopefully we're on journeys to where we start to show others grace. And yes, because it was given to us, but also because we realize I don't have to work for this. I don't have to try. You know, like... I'm free to be like, hey, man, you fucked me over. But you know what? I was fucking God over, and he saved me and loves me now. I think I could forgive you. Yeah. That's what it's all about, though, right? And not so that that's I, easy. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying not. to sit here and be like, <laughs> oh, once oh. you say the prayer and you come to the Lord, then you'll never hate a person ever. And No. But... Yeah, I do think it's you, you, one of the most interesting parts of Christ's story. It is, 100%. Nobody that's been sedentary their entire lives just gets up and squats 225. It doesn't happen that way. 
Unless you're that you know, we, soccer player in L.A. Yeah, somebody who's been healthy and has never been fat <laughs> a day of his life. The lion. <laughs> yeah, the lion that cannot be compared to a man. Yeah, the fact is, is that we all have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. We were born that way, falling short of perfection, which is what he required in the Old Testament. It just, it just is what it is. But under this New Testament, which is called the Testament of Grace, the Covenant of Grace, perfection is, uh, it's not, not only is it not required, your perfection is not expected. It's not even a, a, a fucking landmark for you. The covenant of grace is based on the perfection of Christ and the perfection of Christ alone. We press toward that mark, as Paul said. We press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He acknowledges, like, this mark is not in us. This goal that we are pushing for, you're not going to find it within yourself. It is within Christ Jesus. And, and at the end of the day, the, the thing that he is looking for more than anything else is relationship. I, I swear, like I, the older I get and the, the longer I'm a Christian, the, the more I'm seeing this father-child relationship, I'm gaining more and more and more of an understanding of it. Like, I don't look for perfection from my kid. I just look for you to still be my kid at the end of the day. Like my my son, my oldest, he's uh, he can be an asshole, and he got it from me. He got it from me, honest. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like after a whole day of him just being a dick and like being snippy and not being nice or, or whatever, it may not even have to be a whole day of it. It can just be. Glimpses of him just being mean. We sit down on the couch together. It's just him and me. And he comes up next to me and I put my arm around him and he lays his head on my chest at 14 years old. And we turn on Star Wars and we're just watching it while I'm holding him. He's playing on his phone and watching it and he'll get up to say something and then lay back down on me. Like, I don't care how big of a dick you've been all day. Because right now we're enjoying a time of love and compassion and grace. Just time together. That hour and a half or two hours of watching TV or watching a game together. 
means more to me than any time I said to him, hey, buddy, can you go make your bed? And he just kind of like looks at me with this eye like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And all I did was ask him to make his bed. Fine. That was an offense, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I'm still sitting down with you watching a game and having a good time. I go over there and watch a few weeks ago, went over there and watched him uh, test out for his new karate belt, his next level belt. And he gives me a hug and says that he's so glad that I got a chance to see him do it and thanked me for being there. And that means more to me than the fucking last six calls that I that I've made that he's ignored. Yeah, the the ignoring my calls is an offense. But him hugging me and thanking me for being with him while he reached a new milestone. It's. That's what grace is. That's what grace does. It's like, yeah, you know what? You can be a, a little shit sometimes. But I'm still your father. We're still family. And I still love you. And that love doesn't change and it's not waning. I'm not loving you less because you're an asshole today. You're giving me an opportunity to exercise my love that much more. So my love is perfected in loving you and your imperfections. That's what grace is. That's what grace does. And to believe anything different is just to put yourself back under the law where you're required to fucking kill a goat that's a year old and transfer your sins to that goat in some fucking weird ritual that is completely apart from our culture. You know, how do you want to live? You want to live with unconditional love? Love that's able to look beyond your faults and see your need? Or you want to live under this system of, you know, you fucked up and death is required to pay for your sins? Impressive. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Good combo. And <clears throat> uh, well, I, I just want to say, and, and none of this negates none of this negates you needing to strive and to try, right? Like, e- even though grace is, is given regardless of your efforts, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't put in an effort. Like, so in a marriage, yeah, you can be an asshole to your spouse. And your spouse can choose to leave you. Or you you can be in a relationship with a spouse and you can put in some effort in order to get closer, in order to create 
new avenues of intimacy to grow in your relationship and make your relationship stronger. I think that what's also within us is this desire to to grow. Like, it's human nature to want to grow. It's human nature to want to evolve, to get stronger, to get better, to, to get more healthy. Nobody wants to innately want to continue to decrease. The nature of creation is to grow and to produce more than what you've come into the world with. And you can see that in every element of life. And so I think that it's important that uh, in our relationship with God and Christianity that we acknowledge the fact that even though grace is granted to us despite our performance, there is also something within us that needs to grow, that desires to uh, to mature and to increase in our ability to love and give grace to other people. And that we shouldn't uh, get to a place where we get so sedentary in our spiritual walk where we fail to put an effort to give grace to other people. We have to recognize that we are not God. And therefore, uh, although with like Lucifer, there was this unhealthy desire to become God within us yet is a um, within every single one of us is that spark is that flame that wants to become like God that wants to become closer to God. And the more closely we get to him, the more we begin to look like him. So the more we practice love and forgiveness and grace, the more we look like him. The easier it gets to show love and kindness and grace. Like we don't have to go backwards into this slump of, you know, hatred and hostility. We can actually go forward like the great prophet um, Dave Chappelle, he called it the kindness conspiracy. Like just showing a little bit here or there makes it easier for us to show it in more places. So instead of hating people because of 9-11 or because of your failed marriage or because of your whatever crisis or trial or tragedy that happened in your family, instead of allowing hate to be that response, you know, let love be that response and let love grow and be perfected in you as you continue to practice it. Now we can say Sila. Good, because I'm about to bust over here. I've had to go to the bathroom for an hour. All right. Go ahead. Put a bow on it. 
Well, thanks for listening. Hanging in there for a longer one. If you like our combos, go ahead and check us out at unchurchpodcast.show. If you'd like to email us, you can do so. Drop us a line at info at unchurchpodcast.show. Check us out on, uh, yeah, just go to our website. It's the easiest thing. So, yeah. We yeah, will, for the sake uh, of Sean's uh, bladder, just go to our website. Yeah, exactly. Sila, love you long time. <laughs> so long, we love you. Peace. Peace. <laughs>